You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Welcome, everybody, to Season 2, Episode 2, What's in Your Collection? Season two is going to be all about becoming the curator of your collection and banishing the shame of stash. Um, Hopefully you listened to episode one where we talked about how changing your vocabulary from stash to collector, collection, from negative connotation to positive connotation can really help to change your outlook and your mindset about your collection. Here's what's happening on the farm. So it is late January, and um, I was going to talk about the chickens today. Um, We got new chickens in late October, and usually when we get them, they're still way too young to start laying. But this year, for some reason, they came like they were ready, like within a week maybe two, they were already starting to lay. So um, at the time we took, I had ordered like, I think 18, but there were a lot of people who either didn't come and pick them up or changed their mind. So we ended up getting 27 chickens. They're all female, they're pullets, so they're all females. And we're getting like two dozen eggs a day. And we have about five or six older chickens who, and several of those are laying double yokers. So, and they're just like incredibly huge. They're the size of a goose egg um, and, you know, double yolks. And they're laying them every day, every other day, something like that. Um, so we have a bountiful plenty of eggs. I think we only have two arakanas left. Um, and some days we're really lucky and we get one Aracana egg. Those are the green blue eggs on the outside. The inside still looks like a regular egg. I get that question a lot. And some days when we're really, really lucky, we get two. So that's what's happening on the farm. Lots of eggs, lots of, uh, deviled eggs, egg salad, um, quiches, lots of ways to use up eggs. If you have any good egg recipes, shoot them my way. I think we need them. And if you're local, please know that we do um, sell our eggs and we're happy to have them out in the world. So episode two, becoming the curator of your collection. So um, when's the last time that you visited your collection? I mean, a really, really visit it, a meaningful visit. Do you keep it hidden away behind a closet door or inside a dresser drawer? Um, or do you keep it out where you can see it? Um, what's the size of your collection? Um, is it possible to visit all of your collection and on any one day? Or is it something that you have to do in parts like visiting the Louvre, for instance? Um, you can't visit that all in one day and that's okay. So what I'm talking about a meaningful visit is, yeah, Let's pull some of that out. Let's look at it and use all of your senses. Like, 
how does it feel? Like, is it still as soft? Um, what does it look like? Do you still love the colors? Um, hopefully it still smells okay. I mean, if you've got some mold issues, um, you might want to have to address something like that. Um, but that, you know, I love the way silk smells. Um, and so it's nice to snuggle up to some of these, uh, skeins that we have, even the, you know, the, the wool ones that aren't super washed, but if you have any farm yarns that they still have a kind of a lanolin smell is really nice. And, um, I guess, you know, can you hear them? Are they crunchy, crispy, um, or are they still nice, supple and soft? Um, have a meaningful visit with your collection. Um, and do you guys know about Con Mary? I think it's been around for, I want to say maybe three or four years. It's the, um, the art of tidying up. And basically what, um, this Japanese organizer has done is to say anything that does not bring you joy in your life, then that needs to like be out of your life. Because again, like we were talking last time, um, anything that doesn't bring you joy is going to bring you um, pain or is going to bring you shame. Um, and it's okay to um, say, you know, this used to bring me joy, but I've grown out of it. My tastes are different. Um, it's no longer what I want to work with. Because um, we grow as um, artisans with textiles. Things that I... Uh, bought or, or thought I wanted to use um, five or six years ago that are still in my collection, um, they they don't work with what my my goals for my crafting are these days. And so you just need to set those aside. You can um, give them away. You can uh, donate them to places. Um, but it, and it's okay. It, don't look at it as, oh, um, I'll get around to that someday, or um, I spent so much money on this. Um, really look at it as how does this make you feel? How do those how do those skeins or cones or pieces of roving make you feel? If it doesn't bring you joy, set it aside. And this is the first step in really beginning to love your collection. After you can go through that, and maybe if you have a gigantic uh, collection, I almost said it. Did you hear me? I almost said it. I almost said stash. Um, depending on what the size of your collection is, you may need to do this in pieces, and that's okay. Um, going through, you know, some boxes or maybe one room of boxes and organizing, you know, setting aside the stuff that it doesn't bring you joy anymore, and then organizing what you have left. What I like to do is to say, put skeins together that go together. Um, if you have sweater a sweater quantity of something, put that all together. Or if you have skeins that look really nice together and they're similar, the same weight, that kind of thing, put those together. It's This is a fun time. This is really part of loving your collection because it's like, oh yeah, 
I this this green and blue um, variegated yarn would go really lovely with this um, semi-solid one. And then what could I make with that? It's like, it's part of that um, excitement of when you first bought it, when you first spied it on the shelf at a store or a fiber festival. And now you can say, hey, look, these things go together now. What can I make? This is pretty exciting. Whether to Ravelry or not to Ravelry, some people are really good at Ravelry and some people um, are way behind. Like me, my hand is raised. I'm kind of way behind. Um, you can choose to document those skeins that you have, that you love, that are going to be in your collection. You can choose to put them into your Ravelry. Um, I think they call it stash there. Um, you can put it... Um, and document it there. I know a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people at fiber festivals who do that, and then they can pull up what skeins that they have if they're looking for other skeins that might match it. Um, there are good reasons to do it because, again, um, you are documenting what you have. Um, you can avoid the, you know, why did I buy this again syndrome? Um, why? I really love that yarn. I really love that colorway, and I bought it two times. That's how much I know I love it. Um, why not? Which, why would you not do it on Ravelry? Um, it's It can be very um, time-consuming. I think that would be the hardest part. And I think that if you're buying from a lot of indie dyers, not all of us um, have all of the colorways listed um, in our yarny kind of stores that we have there. Um, so you may have to add in some some information that isn't just a click away. You might have to be typing some things. So it's just it's a little time consuming, but if you choose to do that, um, it can be really helpful as well, especially if you are um, looking for a new project or if you're at a fiber festival of some kind. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the difference in Ravelry between a queue, your library, and your favorites. Oh my! Um, your library is the page where you have um, your purchased or free patterns or things that you really think that you might want to buy in the near future. When you click on a pattern, you, you know, do a search on Ravelry and you click on a pattern, um, you can choose to put it in your library put it in your queue or add it to your favorites. Um, so library, but if you buy the pattern or if you download it, a free pattern, it automatically goes into your library. Um, so that's, that's the first place to look if you have purchased a pattern. Um, the queue is like your lineups of patterns that you intend to knit. And I think to be really valuable, I would think you would only have three to six patterns in there. Um, the things that you really want to knit in the next year, or maybe a shorter period of time, but no more than really a year. Um, and you really shouldn't have anything in your queue that you don't have in your library. Like your queue is like, these are the five things that I want to look for yarn in my collection, number one. And number two, if I don't have anything in my collection that um, I think will work with this pattern, 
then it it's what I'm going to shop for at when the next time I go to my local yarn store, the next time I go to Flying Goat Farms Open Studios store, or whether um, it's going to be at a fiber festival. So that's what I would think would be your most valuable way to use your queue is these are the things that I want to knit this year. And I'm looking for yarn for those, you know, three to 10 patterns, whatever. And then favorites, those are just patterns or yarns that you like, and you're still thinking about them, but you haven't bought this pattern or the yarn. You're just kind of curious. Um, you can also bring those up as, you know, as a list of your favorites. Um, so that's kind of how the Ravelry pattern size works, pattern side works. And I do think I have a lot of patterns in, in both of the, in all of my areas and I need to clean up my queue because I know that I have things in there that I don't intend to knit. Um, and so I really should clean that out. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to put it in my planner. So if you're wanting to join me on this adventure, here's your homework. So what I really want you to do is visit your collection, like really visit it. And if you feel it's over too overwhelming, I know that there are um, some of my friends out there who have um, not just a few bins of yarn that they have a couple of rooms of yarn. So just if, it's, if you feel too overwhelmed, then do a part of your collection. Do a room of your virtual museum. Go visit the Mona Lisa, but you don't have to visit the Winged Victory, right? Um, I did this with my uh, quilting fabric last year um, before, I think it's right like as the pandemic was hitting. And um, I went through all of my bins of fabric and I conmarried them. I decided what I really still could see myself using and what I had grown out of. And I had several trash bags full of uh, fabrics that fabrics and notions and all of that to um, to give away um, actually really I should say I know I was it was in January of last year so it was before the pandemic that I did this and I had a giant roll of elastic that was in one of those bags and you know as we were all making and I had a whole bunch of seam binding I had a whole bunch of ribbons that I had, you know, given away. And I was kicking myself because, you know, as we were all making masks and you couldn't find any elastic anywhere, it's like I had given up this big roll of elastic and I didn't even have seam binding or ribbon or anything that would really, you know, help me in that arena. I had to really uh, dig deep to, um, to, find the materials, make the materials to make some serviceable masks for us. Um, so yeah, I, what I did with that was I did one bin a day. So even though it, you know, my quilting collection fit into a closet in a bunch of bins, I was able to just do take, so I didn't feel overwhelmed by the whole process. I just took one bin a day. And you can do that too. It doesn't have to be, you know, this doesn't have to be a process that you, um, that you rush through. 
I mean, you really want to, you know, sit with your yarn. I really want you to feel it and look at it. I want you to see, does it, you know, does it go with any of the other yarns that you have? I want you to pull it all out and lay it all out. Um, bring up some Ziploc bags, some um, gallon size, and put together the yarns that thrill you. If you have a sweater quantity of something, put that in a bag. If you have the pattern for that sweater, put that in the bag too. And if if you have extra needles, if you have lots of extras and you have the needles that would work with that pattern for that sweater, put that in the bag too. I like ha having it in a Ziploc bag because then you can still see it. I wouldn't put it in a project bag where you're, it's, you're not going to see it. Um, you want to have those things uh, visible so that you can remind yourself about it. And at the same time, if you're doing part of this with your phone nearby or your computer nearby, and you can put, you know, say, oh, I, this is the sweater. Like, I'll just use the sweater I'm making now just because I know, okay, it's a shifty sweater. I'm going to use these skeins. Here's the pattern, print off the pattern, and then I'm going to put that shifty pattern into my queue because I know I have everything for it in that bag. And then set that aside. Um, and you have everything detailed right there. Um, and if you, let's say you're not talking about a sweater, but you have, here's some three, three or four skeins that look really great together as a shawl. Maybe you don't have the shawl pattern yet, but go ahead and put those three or four skeins together. Um, I'm telling you right now, if you have uh, 1,200 yards of a fingering weight, there's over 5,000 different choices of shawls to make on Ravelry. So, you know, you can find a shawl that will work great with those colors and work great with those yarns. And so just put it into a Ziploc bag. Maybe on the front you write, you know, shawl question mark. Um, or again, if you know exactly what you want to make, oh, I've always wanted to make, uh, you know, one of Stephen West's, you know, sea swells or whatever. And you could put on there sea swells. Even if you don't have the pattern yet, you could write it on the bag. And any yarn that just isn't doing it for you, just put it in a box or a pile to give to your friend or to a nonprofit. Um, you've outgrown that yarn. You don't need it anymore. Um, there are lots of, uh, places that, especially when we start opening up again, um, some of the adult daycare centers, you know, they're always looking for yarn donations. Um, maybe, you know, childhood, uh, nonprofits, uh, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, um, looking at schools in the area that might be looking for yarn. There's always, um, you know, the art teachers at your local elementary or um, the home economics teachers at your high school. There's lots of places that you can go to um, that will be happy to take yarn. And um, later in this season, I'm going to talk about having a yarn party um, that you can, you can do some trading with your friends. Um, any that any yarn that you have that's making you feel shame, get it out. You don't need it. And like I said before, don't go overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. Do a little bit at a time. Spend an hour 
a few times a week or do one bin a day. You know, doing one bin maybe would take you less than an hour. Um, but if you do it consistently, a little bit every day, you're going to get it done. And I know that you're going to find some great treasures in there. You're going to find things that you totally forgot about. Um, you're going to find some things that are just going to like thrill you and they're going to give you new inspiration and that you're going to start loving that collection all over again because you're just going to have that same, you know, anticipation, that same feeling you got when you first bought that yarn. Um, and isn't that one of the best feelings in the world? I mean, I think it is. It's one of those great feelings. And of course, I want you to show me. Um, you can always send me an email um, or, you know, we can trade uh, tags on Instagram or Facebook. Um, here's what Rachel told me um, after the last podcast. She said, I love all your lovely yarn adjectives. I And then she explained her collection. She said, I own an outstanding collection of luscious yarn possibilities that can create sumptuous, scrumptious wearable garments. These one-of-a-kind inspirations will garner oohs and ahs whenever I wear them. Don't you just love that? It's giving me goosebumps. Really, it is, Rachel. Um, and um, she does uh, make scrumptious wearable garments that she does wear. I've seen them. She w brings them over here, wears them, shows them to me. Um, and they do garner oohs and ahs. And I want all of you to, you know, feel that way about your stash. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see your collection. You can post a photo on Instagram or Facebook. You can tag me at flying goat farm. Um, and also use the hashtag, um, hashtag collection curator. Um, I look at that all the time as well. And you can always send me an email like Rachel did and tell me how, how it's going. Um, I, I love hearing about your adventures, falling back in love with your collection and getting that shame out of your stash. And so until we uh, see each other again, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making. <laughs>